nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good afternoon. Welcome to this week's episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Believe it or not, we've already done 46 previous episodes, and this would uh, be episode 47 of Restore Freedom Weekly. I'm constitutional attorney Catherine Henry, and I want to thank you for uh, joining us today on our conversation. It's something that uh, some people might see as, as, well, the whole topic, local governments, uh, our local communities, um, really, how much can that really matter in the fight for freedom is the viewpoint that many people have. And so just the topic alone today might seem something that nah, it's not that big of a deal, but it really is. And that's why we're going to talk about it today. Our special guest that we will have on today is going to join us in a little bit. So I wanted to give us that background, that constitutional uh, segment background so we know exactly what we're talking about. And of course, the question for today, do communities and local governments matter in the fight for freedom? So <clears throat> again, uh, we're going to have our, our guest join us in a little bit here, but uh, he's been working tirelessly to defend the Constitution in local government and to educate the Hispanic community about the Constitution. He is Republican National Hispanic Assembly State Chairman and Deltona Mayor-Elect Santiago Avila Jr. And he will be joining us shortly to discuss how and why the RNHA has brought Hispanics over to the GOP recently and how he'll use the Constitution to guide him in leading Deltona. And um, I forgot that with Lori, um, unable to, uh, she's having some, some power internet issues going on. She's unable to join on the back end of the stream. You guys will have to give me a little bit more grace because now I have to manage all the buttons and everything. Oh, there's a slacker now. No, I'm just kidding. There's Lori. Um, uh, I will be managing all of the buttons and, um, oh, oh, wow. Okay then, sorry, I am corrected about our special guest that will be joining us. He is actually the mayor right now. I guess Deltona didn't wait to swear him in. So that's uh, that's good news. Um, oops, my slides are just going on without me. So um, at any rate, um, I will be managing the comments by myself and I um, the screen doesn't play nice with me. So actually I'm gonna see if I can make my my slides a little bit tinier because uh, I need to expand my um, my other screen here so I can see when our special guest pops up uh, so I can add him into the stream and uh, normally Lori would help me do that but again with the internet and connection issues things that she's got going on uh, she's not able to jump into the back end here so at any rate, uh, bear with me today. I will do my best to get our special guest in without any glitches, as well as have 
running the, the PowerPoints and having that discussion, as well as keeping on task with all of the comments that will be coming in. And keep in mind, everyone, uh, you are now able to, um, so you've always been able to comment on YouTube and Facebook and have it pull up in the live stream uh, feed where I can see it and talk about it um, without any, you know, delay or anything like that. Um, Rumble, it doesn't play as nice. So Lori watches Rumble and then she'll be pulling over comments um, probably just by recapping those comments into the YouTube stream so I can see them here. Uh, but now Twitch and LinkedIn both have the ability to, uh, if you're commenting on those platforms and you're watching this stream live right now, I'll be able to see your comments live right here, right now, and be able to answer them in real time, which is another benefit to having it all in one platform. So, all right, with that being said, um, we're going to go ahead and jump in. Um, okay, so I am new to Florida, so um, I'm going to go ahead and show our comment from the Liberty Cause. By the way, I was going to wait to talk about this later, but when we when we bring our special guest on, but I'll go ahead and mention that it is the Liberty Cause here who has actually been doing some great work at connecting me, uh, not only with today's guest, but with several other um, I'll say important people in the Constitution fight. So I appreciate that. And uh, he's letting me know because he's from the same county that I am, that uh, they have a special meeting in Deltona after each election to swear in the new folks and that each city around here does things a little bit different. Again, the whole state kind of does things different uh, from Michigan, which is what I'm used to, or even Minnesota where I lived before that. So uh, all right. Thank you for letting me know that. And all right. So again, these are important reminders that I know you guys have. Oh, oh, hi. I'm going to just share this. This might seem benign to all of you, but I have a good friend, Curtis Udell uh, from Michigan, who's saying hello to me on Facebook. Hello there. Just so you guys know, if you've heard anything about the Restore Freedom Initiative petition that we did in 2020 in Michigan, uh, it wouldn't have happened without this guy. This guy was one of our drivers, and he drove all over the stinking state, bringing thousands and thousands of petitions to places far and wide all across Michigan and picking them back up. And uh, I just have to give him a shout out as well as a hello. So thank you for joining us today, Curtis. All right. So uh, again, these are key reminders. You have heard me talk about these in virtually every speech or video that I've ever done. Uh, but we have to keep reminding ourselves because these are the concepts that we need ingrained. Like when you get a phone call in the middle of the night from your, you know, 20 year old uh, son who's uh, uh, whatever, got some issue all of a sudden and, and law enforcement is talking to him. Uh, you need to be able to have some of these things so ingrained that if it's in the middle of the night and you're not quite awake, you can spit out some of these concepts and you know them deeply ingrained. So we get our rights from God, not the government. And because you will get a copy of this slideshow in the description of Thursday's Constitution segment recap, I'm not going to go over all the places where we can pull that information. Um, and a little side note, because this week it occurred to me, um, yesterday afternoon, I was talking to Lori, preparing for today, and I said, oh, this week is, uh, this Thursday's Thanksgiving already. So what are we going to do? 
uh, unless somebody wants to comment on here um, and uh, you know show a preference or an idea some other way, uh, we're probably going to get our Constitution segment pre-recorded today or tomorrow and have it uh, streaming out as a, a restream, I guess, if you will, um, about 7.30 in the morning on Thursday. So that way you have a chance to catch that 10-minute important Constitution segment recap video before your family all comes over and the kids are going crazy. I mean, hopefully things are, you know, maybe some of the kids are still sleeping and family is not coming for a few hours yet at that point. And it'll give you a chance to kind of re-digest the information that we're going to go over today. If you think we should post it earlier, say tomorrow or even later today, I can do that. Um, so just give me your thoughts uh, during this live stream. Uh, otherwise, we'll plan to do it at 7.30 in the morning on Thursday. All right. And um, okay. Um, well, another reason why who you elect at even the most local levels is super important. Um, now, keep in mind, those of you who are watching in Michigan, when you see the term or hear the term commissioner, you are probably thinking a county commissioner because that's what they call it in Michigan. However, in Florida, although the terms are different in the state constitution than in common practice in Florida, uh, the common practice of Florida is that you call the county uh, board, you call them uh, county council members, whereas the city level, you're calling them city commissioners. And it is extremely hard for me to keep those straight because in Michigan, as it's been ingrained into me, I, I was practicing law there since 2008 and still am. In Michigan, it's county commission and city council. I can say that like nobody's business, but to say them backwards for Florida, it's a bit hard. So if you are watching and you're in Florida and you hear me say them backwards to you, please forgive me, but uh, that's going to take me some time to get used to. At any rate, uh, Jeff, excuse me, our the Liberty Cause is telling us that my district has no commissioner right now, meaning his city council district, uh, city commission district, has no commissioner right now. He decided to go on vacation to Costa Rica and missed the swearing in. Yeah, can't wait to have him as a representative. Uh, I would feel the same way. I would absolutely feel the same way. So uh, let me see here. Did we have any? Um, all right. So looks like somebody um, was commenting on Rumble that they are glad that they found us and they're in Hudsonville, Michigan. So uh, I'm glad that you have found us too and that you're watching over there live on Rumble. We were actually getting ready to uh just post these videos afterwards on rumble instead of continuing to go through the rigmarole of of uh streaming live because it's not so easy to stream live to rumble but then in the last few weeks we've had a ton of people all of a sudden watching us live on rumble so if you do prefer rumble as your main streaming platform or would like to get away from the mainstream social media platforms and all the censorship then please do so now and let us know that you're doing that comment on there hit the like and share button etc so that rumble whatever it's called button on there so that we know that you're utilizing our messages on that platform and we can continue doing that because it costs money. It actually costs money to live stream to Rumble. So, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, the title, somebody is, is wondering about the title. The title 
uh, should be the same on each of our platforms. If you're looking to join us or switch over from watching us on YouTube right now to jump over to Rumble, it should be called exactly the same thing. So hopefully that'll help you find it just the same. Um, and somebody in Jenison uh, told, oh, we have somebody else watching on uh, Rumble who uh, was told about somebody in Jenison. So that's great. Thank you for joining us today. Um, all right. So, um, and uh, Lori has shared our Rumble link right in the, um, the um, YouTube. I can't think today. I'm so sorry. Our YouTube stream. So, uh, all right. So let us move on here. Our rights, our rights are to be exercised. And I know you guys have heard me say this and you've even seen this slide many, many times, but please let this truly sink in. Even for those of you who've been studying the constitution and fighting for freedom for years, this is essential, okay? Our rights are meant to be exercised undiminished, unrestrained, unabridged, uninfringed, unviolated, undenied, undeprived, unabused, and unusurped. And where do I get that from? Well, from the state and federal constitutions, from the Declaration of Independence and all of that, of course, is going to be visible to you and uh, something that you can point to when you click on this week's um, uh, slideshow that will be available uh, in the description of our Constitution segment recap episode. Again, government's main purpose and responsibility is to protect our God-given liberties so that in my exercise of my rights, I'm not impeding upon your exercise of your rights. And if you think these concepts are not important, especially in dealing with local government, let me tell you, uh, I can share with you soon enough my um, my own uh, notice of lawsuit and cease and desist, notice to cease and desist letter that I had to uh, serve upon my own city down here in Ormond Beach, Florida because they seem to have forgotten some of these most basic concepts. And I literally put these, uh, the words of these concepts right in that notice to let them know they are not doing their job. In fact, government has no rights. We are the ones with rights that God gave us. Government didn't give us the rights. Government has no rights though. And in fact, we the people created our constitution and our very form of government. Government, however, only has, not only do they not have, have rights, but they only have the powers that we specifically delegate to it. And another important concept, all government officials are required to take the constitutional oath of office. Now, I've only cited a few places here. I've cited uh, Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution. I've cited the Michigan State Constitution, Article 11, Section 1, the Florida um, Florida Statutes 112.311, uh, Michigan Statutes 15.151. But let me tell you, if you just search the word oath, let alone oath of office, and uh, you do that at the Michigan legislature website, Florida legislature website, California, Texas, wherever, you're going to find that whatever state you live in, there is no shortage of state laws, constitutional provisions, um, you know, court rules, you name it, about taking that constitutional oath. So this is something that so many people who serve in government in one way or another at all different levels don't even realize that maybe they've actually taken the oath they forgot or 
Perhaps they didn't take the oath and they're serving illegally in that position. Okay, so the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Another basic concept that I know you know, I know that you guys have heard me talk about it before, um, but it is something that we cannot, cannot let, you know, set out of our mind, right? Why is this so important? Because what happens at the local level, okay, when you're talking about those uh, your local governments and your local communities, what happens at the local level cannot violate the protections that are guaranteed to us in the state constitutions, in the U.S. Constitution. But keep in mind, too, that in the vast majority of situations, you're also going to have a county charter, a city charter, or a village charter, uh, depending on what your state does with those. And uh, a charter is literally the same thing as a constitution, but only at the more local level. So all of those, any any action by your local government cannot violate your charter, your state constitution, or the U.S. constitution, with that U.S. constitution being top dog. If the state constitution or your local charter or any ordinance or any state laws or anything like that, if any of them violate the U.S. Constitution, they're void on their face. They're unenforceable from the word go. So again, the basics are the governments are instituted to protect our God-given rights. We get our rights from God, not the government. Government has no rights. Government only has those powers which we specifically delegate to it. Now that means government cannot act unless there is a specific power granted by the Constitution, government is prohibited from doing anything that violates the U.S. or state constitutions. And again, every government official is sworn to that oath of office. So that brings us specifically to today's topic. Of course, uh, I encourage you to participate in our, oh, come on, get my little screen thing out of the way. There we go. All right. So um, I encourage you to join us and participate on Tuesday mornings, or quite frankly, at any time during Tuesday. Uh, we have the poll up at least by 10 a.m. and the answer posted at 10 p.m. for our Tuesday true or false questions. This week was local governments and communities have little impact on our nationwide fight for freedom. You can participate on Twitter, Telegram, LinkedIn, Truth Social, the YouTube community side, or on our website, restorefreedomkh.com slash updates. And the local government and the state constitution, we're going to jump right on into this topic and keep rolling straight through until our guest is able to join us, which should be any moment now. But local government in the state constitution, I just wanted to tell you where the provisions are found. We're not going to go over heavily on what these provisions are, but when you're thinking about local government, what its purpose is, is it important in the general fight for freedom, the, the fight for freedom nationwide? Uh, look at the, for Michigan, you're going to look at Article 8, that is the section, uh, excuse me, 7, I don't know how to count in Roman numerals today. 7 is your so whole provision is about uh, local government. And if you want to look to township government, you're going to look at Article 7, Section 17 and Article 7, Section 18. Uh, and that tells you just a little bit about um, the uh, powers, about the uh, how it's organized, 
the offices that are required to um, be held in township government. Michigan, in the Michigan Constitution, you can then look to uh, the parts about city and village government. Again, I'm not going to go over the details, but they'll be in the slideshow that you'll be able to flip through at your own leisure. That'll be um, shared again on Thursday in the Constitution segment recap description. Uh, but Article 7, Section 21, Article 7, Section 22, again, that's telling you about how cities and villages are incorporated and about the use of charters, resolutions, ordinances, uh, and general powers. Um, if you want to look at the Florida Constitution, that's going to be Article uh, 8. See, I was they're both so close in Roman numerals. Article 8. Uh, the whole article is about local government in Michigan, excuse me, in the Florida Constitution. But Article 8, Section 2 is about the establishment, powers, and annexation of municipalities. So again, just to give you that framework. So when you're going into a situation where you're encountering your local government, you know, it, it's more comforting to know that you've got the knowledge necessary. You have the basics. Because I'll tell you what, if you know where in your state constitution it talks about your local government and what their powers are and how they're even created in the first place, and you know what limits might be specifically mentioned in your state constitution or the U.S. Constitution, if you know those concepts, those basics, even if you don't know any state laws, if you, even if you don't know any local ordinances, but you know what your state constitution says about local government, you're going to be leaps and bounds way ahead of what any of your local officials understand. You are going to have the higher ground on understanding how that context, how that conversation, how that interaction is supposed to go. And that is invaluable. So again, just take a look. These parts are not very big. That, that second one from Michigan had a little bit more words uh, involved, but it still fit on a slide. Okay. So if it fits on a slide, it's short enough that you can take a look. Uh, also wanted to show you some local government stuff in state law. I started with Florida first for some reason, but these are the chapters that most um, directly deal with uh, municipal government that are covered in Florida state law and Florida statutes. Uh, so it's actually Title 12. The whole title is about municipal governments. And I didn't skip chapters, It's they skipped in numbering, so they didn't have a chapter 169, for example, at least I'm pretty sure they didn't. Um, but at any rate, there are several uh, numbers that they've skipped for various reasons. It could be that they have been repealed uh, or whatnot. But at any rate, these are the ones uh, with the titles of those chapters. Just to give you that concept, don't be afraid to go and just look at, just browse through the chapter index of your state's uh, statutes. So you could take a look at, oh, okay, that's how things are organized or not. Uh, Michigan's is not organized very well at all. In fact, if you're looking for anything on municipal governments or local governments in the Michigan state law, well, it's best that you take that step back and look at the entire chapter index on the legislature's website because you'll see that um, chapter 41 talks about townships, but chapter 42 talks about charter townships. Uh, chapters 61 through many 
B1 up to 115, all talking about fourth class cities. And even though I've been a licensed attorney in the state of Michigan since 2008, I have no idea what a fourth class city is. I know I've read it at some point, but what kind of weird concept is that? Uh, then there's home rule cities, which is a little bit more widely understood concept, at least among attorneys who do municipal law. Local government actually has its own chapter. And then municipalities, which is synonymous essentially with local government. Uh, are them are not too long. Um, I can tell you that if you're in Michigan and you live in a chartered township and your chartered township does not have its own charter, it actually uses chapter 42 of Michigan statutes as its charter. That's not weird enough because it's not written like a charter, but there you go. Uh, and I forgot Lori's not handling these with me. So give me just one minute here. I want to Double check, we have a question. Um, I will just show this on here so I can read it there. Uh, someone on Rumble is commenting that we need a great awakening that we need to get our people in our municipalities to be more active. But how do we do that um, in a manner that will affect change? Well, we have to have people care. And quite frankly, um, I think I, I would like to have some county leaders, which is still a uh, form of local government, but um, I'm going to talk to my good friend Joe Moss about coming on the show in the coming weeks as he and the Ottawa Impact Group have turned, I want to say it was either eight or nine of the 11 Ottawa County Commission seats. So Ottawa County Commission, the whole county board, They got a vast majority turned in this their head and try to see drastic changes to undo the ridiculousness, lawlessness, and unconstitutional actions of the last few years of the local county government in Ottawa County, Michigan, which, by the way, is one of the bigger counties in all of West Michigan and uh, very important in terms of even how national, you know, nationwide elections turn out and things like that. So, um at any rate, this hopefully this video is going to give you some some tips about that. In fact, our special guest, when he joins us in just a moment, um, and hopefully we'll be sharing some good news unrelated to today's topic, but still good nonetheless. Uh, at any rate, um, hopefully he's going to give you his own perspective as a local government official, as a mayor, on what needs to be done. Uh, what can be done, what should be done by average everyday people who just don't know how to affect change. Now, I have all kinds of videos out there giving you guys those kinds of, of um, ideas. And uh, don't forget our Get Involved Challenges. We have a Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge every week. I think we've only missed maybe two or three, uh, probably three during the week of my mother-in-law's funeral, and then the two hurricanes that we've had this year, because of course that was starting on Wednesday, both times. Um, but other than that, we've had uh, up to 44 or so way to get involved challenges shared just this year alone. And they're great for answering that precise kind of question of what to do to get involved. But without, uh, let's see, 
I was going to say without any further ado, and then I realized I need to check this. So um, you, we have some good questions here. Oh, my goodness. Um, be able to keep what we're doing here today. So I'm not trying to ignore you. I got Roger and Curtis both on Facebook with comments. Um, let me just take one last comment and then we're going to bring in our special guest today. So Roger on Facebook is saying, help me make an app. Um, they can fight corruption attorney will fight when it comes to government well i actually have an app out there right now that's the restore freedom app available in the apple app and google play stores uh paid lots of money to the app developers to do that it doesn't do what it was supposed to do um it's got a lot of glitches and it's missing some key features but i can tell you that um without having the help of my good friend joe moss who's now uh county commissioner elect and um my father, who uh, and some other friends that have been on the tech team from the very beginning of this Restore Freedom adventure, uh, they've been the behind the scenes tech team. And now I'm the behind the scenes tech team. So I am going through as quickly as possible to get our website up and running. Why am I talking about the website? Because uh, the program that I found is going to help me utilize my website to recreate, reinvent, uh, a whole new Restore Freedom app that I hope will um, be able to bring those resources to your fingertips a lot better. Um, and in my, my website included the resources that I have on there now and that I will continue to repopulate now that we had to put up our new website before I was quite ready for it. Um, we'll have tons of different uh, legal briefs and motions and uh, notices and different kinds of things so you can walk yourself through how to do some things. Um, but we'll talk more in detail about that. In fact, Roger, if you want to bring that up a little bit later, or Lori, uh, hopefully if you're still listening uh, in, that you can grab that question and put it as something that we perhaps do another whole video on um, again, too. So, all right, we have... Um, Okay, so we got some good questions again, but I want to bring in our, our guest for today without any further ado. So let's do that first, guys. I'm not trying to ignore you on, on that, but uh, let's see here. Let's try to make us a little bit bigger. Um, in fact, I'm going to hide my... There we go. So I'll have to shrink us a little bit to get back into some of the detail that I have for the, the information that, that goes behind all that we're talking about. But uh, without any further ado, first of all, can you hear me okay? Hi, Catherine. How are you? Okay, good. Okay. I just want to make sure we can hear each other okay. So I'm going to turn up the volume on my side and you can hear me good. And I'll mute myself every once in a while because I am in a noisy place. I didn't quite make it to my destination before before the time for to apologize. So uh, any chance that you have some good news uh, from today? So <laughs> so I know I know the ba the baby or babies are coming July 15th of 2023 and uh, they scheduled another appointment for an ultrasound so. Oh, they gypped you. They did. They did. They made us wait a very, very, very long time unnecessarily 
um, just to give us that that news. So we, we have to wait a solid month to 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 find out. Been there, done that. We've raised four kids, so I, I feel your pain. Um, but I'll look forward to hearing the news when you do get that. So. Um, at any rate, uh, just wanted to let our, our viewers know it's not that you didn't value informing them about this important topic of getting involved in local government and our local communities, but that you had a pressing personal matter that you had to attend to, which related to uh, the future addition or additions to your family. So, all right. Um, well, thank you for joining me today and for joining all of us. We People commenting away on YouTube, Facebook, and I can't tell. So Rumble, um, we got the seven or eight platforms, I think, that are live streaming right now. So um, at any rate, uh, I guess let's, I'm going to actually go back, um, especially while people can't see my slides. Um, I'm going to go back to the questions that I wanted to ask you, which are pretty straightforward. So um First of all, I guess, give us um, the brief uh, who you are in the context of, of um, Deltona and the RNHA. Uh, just kind of give us that background, and then I'll ask you some other follow-up questions from there. Sure. So first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for having me on your show. Um, and I want to thank uh, the Liberty Cost for connecting us and putting us together. So kudos to uh, both of uh, what you guys are doing out there. So I am the newly elected mayor of Deltona. I'm the first Hispanic mayor elected to the second largest city of all of Central Florida. Um, I'm actually also the state chairman for the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida and their national vice chair. Um, what we do with the, with the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida is um, it's, it's an initiative to kind of uh, get more residents involved, specifically residents uh, or, or, or citizens that are of Hispanic descent uh, we try to uh, explain to them the true meaning of assimilating to our country. Um, I was born in Chicago. My mom's Cuban. My dad's Mexican. Uh, but we try to explain to them, you know, when we come to the United States, we, we don't want we don't want the, the United States to become the countries that we fled from. We want we want to make sure that we keep our un, our unalienable rights, um, our freedoms that are endowed to us by our creator and not given to us by government. I try to make sure that we explain to our, 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 our members that un, unlike the countries we come from, right, where government actually gives them their rights, government tells them what they're allowed to say or not to say. In the United States, uh, the Constitution um, doesn't give us those rights. The Constitution is there to protect our rights from an overreaching or, a, or a tyrannical government. So um, we, we exercise a three-step process, right? We probably have to find a better acronym, but essentially it's ICE. Um, again, we have to find a better acronym. That's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, which is, uh, in essence, it's community, education, and involvement. We get very involved in our community. Uh, we, As I explained before, you know, if there's a hurricane that comes by or, or, or anything, it doesn't have to be a natural disaster, but we, we try to help our, 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 our fellow our, fellow Americans, uh, veterans, uh, disabled people with special needs. And, and we get involved. Once we get involved again, then we start educating them. The importance of the Constitution, and more importantly, people don't realize that each state has its own Constitution within itself, which for the most part tends to be a lot more uh, 
freedom oriented than, than our actual uh, main national constitution. So we teach them that. We teach them that, for example, in the First Amendment, it's it's full of uh, five freedoms. It doesn't only it's not only the freedom of speech. Right. We teach them the Second Amendment has two freedoms within it. It's not only the right to bear arms, to keep and bear arms. So we do that once once we educate our, our members, we start getting them involved. How do we get them involved? We take them to um, to our capital or state capital, which is Tallahassee, and we lobby. We lobby our legislators. We fight for bills that that don't infringe on our freedoms, and we also fight to get bills removed that do infringe on our freedoms. Um, once once our members are able to see that they can be a part of that process and be essentially freedom fighters, I mean, if you look at the last three elections, right? We've started being involved, and I'll, I'll use Miami-Dade as the best example because for, for those of uh, your viewers, probably Miami-Dade County is one of the most popular counties in Florida, aside from Orlando, and we're Mickey Mouse in that. Uh, but we, when we started targeting Miami-Dade, uh, the first time we partnered, we ended up partnering up with Latinos for Trump uh, because the Republican Party of Florida really kind of didn't really believe that we can kind of flip Miami-Dade County red. Uh, that year, Trump had a uh, an, uh, an increase. Our goal was three percent uh, red increase in the county of Miami-Dade. We had a six to seven percent increase. Um, this past election, with Governor DeSantis' re-election, we actually flipped Miami-Dade County red. And and most, if you look at this, the state of Florida map, most of the state of Florida, with the exception of maybe three counties, are either all solid red or they're pink. <clears throat> which means that essentially the whole state is, is uh, for the most part, flipped red. But more importantly, uh, Catherine, and I think this is very important to, to highlight, it's not only about flipping people to Republican or flipping counties red, right? Um, I think the most important part is making sure that those that are supposed to represent freedom are held accountable to that standard because we have a lot of people with an R behind their name that really don't necessarily fight for freedom. And I'll use Mitch McConnell's a great example or, or Kevin McCarthy, right? Some controversial topics right there. They're not necessarily on our side and they're not necessarily people that fight for our freedoms. Probably one of the big reasons why, uh, if, you, if, if anybody that's followed my election, my own county party was out there promoting the Democrat over me. Oh. And I am a registered solid Republican. I think the only time I've ever changed parties was... Uh, one time, and that was I became a Tea Party person, and then I'm like, oh, that's right, Florida. I can't. It's not. A, it's it's a closed primary, so I flip back to Republican. Uh, but it's very important. Listen, Catherine's show is a perfect example. Listen to what she talks about, and and Catherine, I'm pretty sure you're fighting those same demons that I'm that I'm fighting continuously, even those from our own party. Oh yeah, and just so you know, uh, we just talked briefly yesterday, but. Uh, one of the things that I was doing when um, I was in Michigan, right before I came down, I was still serving as MIGOP um, uh, state committee woman and on the second congressional district MIGOP um, caucus. And uh, so, but my county party had tried as much as they could to keep me out. And uh, the establishment is, they're, they're not, uh, we're not friends. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's that's something I, I definitely um, am used to. So, well, um, 
yeah, you, it's just such great information. I was trying to process in terms of uh, the question I asked to see if there was something, an aspect of that that didn't get answered. I, I think it did, but if any of you that are watching right now live uh, feel like there's some follow-up you have for that, please don't hesitate to put the question in, our, um, in the comments on the live stream. But uh, the second question that I, I wanted to get to um, was really a little bit more uh, specifics. I think you may maybe have touched a little bit on it, but let's get some specifics on um, sure. how you're going to use the Constitution to guide you now that you're going to be leading uh, the second largest city in all of Central Florida. So, <coughs> excuse me. So I. Honestly, it's pretty easy, right? Um, you look at the Constitution, and um, it's not a document that's living, right? It's not a living, palpable document. And you know what? If, if you want to disagree with me, you're welcome to disagree, and we can debate that till we're both either blue or red in the face. But it, it's, it's, very, it's very plain and simple. It, it is what it reads, and I think our founding fathers were ahead of their time uh, with a document that literally has surpassed all sorts of things uh, and, and all sorts of histories. But so you look at uh, in a city and in a city, right? Um, essentially, laws are really called ordinances, right? When you get it, when you have an ordinance um, that you know to be, and, and I'll use a good example of one because this is one that our city is facing with right now. Uh, we're not facing any current lawsuits, but um, there is a restriction on uh, food trucks, for example, right? Now, this has been brought up to the Florida Supreme Court, and it's and every single time the, the courts have, have ruled in favor of the food trucks. If you already know that something like that is infringing on people's rights, and if you already know that you're trying to pass an ordinance that essentially violates somebody's potential freedoms or is unconstitutional, then it should be stricken down or it shouldn't even be presented up for a vote. Um, I think something that's very important, how we can use the Constitution, and, and, and I am pleading with the residents of my city as well to help me with this, it's you, you start going through all the ordinances that are currently on the book, right? And then you start picking up the ones that you know initially, you'll have bipartisan support. Even though it's a nonpartisan position, which you and I both know that's a lot of baloney because there's always a lot of partisan. But you pick up the ones that you know you'll have the support on, and, and you literally bring it up and you start by getting them removed. One of our founding fathers um, said in, in, in one of their notes that they wrote that being a good legislator is not about necessarily creating good law, but it's more about removing the bad ones. And I think that's something that we've lost somewhere in when, when politicians were were uh, more of, of, of being countrymen or statesmen and fell into a position of, of being just politicians in a brand new career path, right? We've lost the fact that we can go back in and get the bad laws and get them removed. I, I think that's one of the ways that I can use uh, the Constitution to help me. Another one is making sure everything's about about for and, and, uh, and with the people, the people of my city. Um, right now, one of the things that I've been doing a lot is communicating with all my residents as much as I can, whether it's on social media, whether it's during meetings. Um, we just released a first part of a weekly video where we're going to be giving updates. Um, 
also highlighting a special area in our city, whether it's a reserve, whether it's a small business or a park or a trail. But it's, it's getting the residents involved. I think the number one issue that we face as Americans, regardless of what city it is, it's a lack of citizen participation. If more residents were to get more involved in their cities, in their local governments, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in now. And everybody I know focuses on the on, on the presidential elections, on U.S. Senate and Congress. Those are all important. But the most important, the ones that impact us directly are city, county, um, and, and even state elections because those affect us the most. So um, I urge everyone, you know, make sure you're constantly school boards. My goodness, school boards are, are super important with the amount of discussing things that are being given to our kids. Um, I think it's time to to start being more involved in our local government more than anything. I, uh, or I, of course, at that exact moment, um, there. Okay. I was trying to get some of the comments showing here. Um, Lori says, it's fun meeting new people that truly understand our government. Uh, so it is. It's it was, It's been a pleasure getting to meet you so far electronically, telephone-wise, et cetera. Um, lucky for me, we live in the same county, so I'll actually have a chance to be able to meet you in person, hopefully yes, not yes. too far in the future. But yeah, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's all it's all great stuff. I heard you say things. I was trying to write some of it down um, that really making the local government about for and with the people that doing government is about them, but it's for them. And it's also most importantly with them. And, and getting that community involvement and, and getting the residents engaged in government. Um, and you're talking about doing video updates and, um, I mean, removing bad ordinances, purposely reviewing all the ordinances to remove the bad ones. Uh, I, I hope that you keep me in the loop as you do that every, truly every little step of the way, because I would love to showcase that and and walk through that progress with you on our show so that we can show how that could be the the shining example to the rest of florida to the rest of the county to the rest of every single community across the united states what they should be doing and i can say that because until i moved down here i was also uh, a township trustee a board member of the seventh largest township in all the state of Michigan, um, Georgetown Township. So uh, I was I was the the squeaky wheel, I guess you could say. Um, I was the one that was really uh, causing us to to stop and think about. I mean, I started <laughs> I started right at um, the beginning of our. I think almost all the townships uh, utilize that same software. I forget what it's called, but anyway, where you can find your ordinances and whatnot online. Uh, and the municipal or something like that yeah. Depending on county or city they have different ones yeah well most most of them that i've encountered in michigan and florida and beyond actually use that municipal something or another but uh any rate so uh it started at the very beginning and it talked about charter and there was some i don't remember the details but essentially it didn't say if we had adopted our own charter in the township or if we were utilizing chapter 42 of michigan state statutes which serves as the as the township's charter if there is not one in place and i said if i can't figure that out as the attorney and and new trustee on the board we need to have that 
you know, clarified. So I worked with the city uh, to get that changed in my first week <laughs> of being in office. Um, and then you just, so that, I mean, that was like the first thing you saw and then, it, and then going from there. So um, it's important. It's important that the ordinances are cleaned up, that you get bad ones off the books, that you have things in a very easy to find format. That's probably one of the biggest things that if I could give you a suggestion, let alone all the others that might be engaging in um, in local governments is make things accessible and understandable. I mean, just me digging in my own city's ordinances and trying to figure things out. I mean, it's a nightmare trying to figure out what's where and how do you find it. And, and I'm an attorney. I'm used to digging in state statutes and cases and court rules. And yet the hardest is ordinances by far, if, if that's not sad enough. <laughs> I think you, I think you're very dead on said that. Um, when you have an attorney who has gone to college and has done a lot of, pardon all the noise, has done all these crazy studying, right? Because becoming an attorney is not easy. Right. Um, you can't really, and it takes you time to find uh, whatever it is that you're looking for within your own city. I mean, just think about, the, the regular resident, right, that just wants something as simple as, you know, they, they want to get information on, you know, where to pull a permit. And it's not to say that someone is, is not intelligent or, or can't articulate how to look for something. It's a simple fact that we're supposed to make things very accessible to our residents. And uh, when, when cities start making things difficult, it raises red flags because then people don't understand, okay, are they doing this in a nefarious way? And maybe they're not, right? Maybe they're they're not being nefarious in, in any in any form, way, or, or fashion. But it gives a perception, and um, and that's what we want to move away from. You know, like I tell people, um, I'm already causing a stir. You know, because uh, I'm already being told, hey, you're answering way way too many questions on social media, um, and and I tell them, listen, I rather get the questions asked in social media. So when it comes time to go up for a vote or something, the residents kind of legally, I can't tell them how I'm going to vote, but they kind of have an idea of how I'm going to vote. They come prepared. I, I let them know, hey, this is an agenda item. Some people can't find it uh, because it's a little difficult to find on our website, but I share it on my platforms. And, and they're very grateful for that because, you know, sometimes maybe they are just on Facebook, right, or, or Instagram. And for them, it might just be easy to find it there instead of, going through some municipal website and going through like a gazillion different things and it, then they just give up and they don't know. So. Right. Exactly. And, and I wouldn't be worried about uh, having your residents and the public know where you stand on issues and how you'll vote going into meetings um, on, on certain things, because it's not like you're um, the biggest concern is if you're trying to have that one-on-one -on -one meeting with another um it's not council, it's commission. Sorry, it's, I'm getting used to, the terms are flipped from Michigan as they are in Florida. Commission and council are used differently in Michigan. But at any rate, at the city level on the city board, um, that you know, you're not just trying to talk with one or two or three or whatever uh, of the other um, commission members and um, you know, preset the way the meeting is gonna go. You know what I mean? But rather you're having that one-on-one -on -one or one-on, 10,000 conversation with people on social media so the whole public can see. To me, 
that's exactly the way it needs to be because people need to know what their particular representative is thinking going into a meeting so they know if they need to lobby them as as an individual person as a resident as a homeowner as a parent um as as a business owner they need to know okay well this this guy understands the constitution or this person understands our concerns or, or this one doesn't get the logistics and they're going to vote terribly they need to know that kind of information going into meetings. So I wouldn't be afraid of sharing. As long as you're sharing with everybody equally, don't be afraid of that or think it's anything wrong. And if we have some obscure statute that says you can't do that, let me know and we're going to take it out because that's ridiculous. So, so Kathy, you touched up on something uh, that I think it's, I wish our residents kind of jumped in a lot more and that's property rights, right? <clears throat> as a conservative, everybody tells me, well, how can you not support like certain developments if 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 you're a Republican, right? Because you're supposed to believe in property rights. Well, he, here's the thing, <clears throat> and I'll give you a great example. If you go to buy a piece of land, knowing that it is zoned for agriculture or for housing or for HUD, whatever, or for commercial, right? Uh, industrial, whatever it could be. If you go buy that property, and you want to develop what it is already zoned for, let's go through the process. I would not have an issue with that. But if you buy a commercial property, for example, and there are no like fails, uh, in other words, a fail is like if something has been deemed that if there's a commercial to go in there, it really wouldn't work. It would actually be more of a negative impact for traffic, yada, yada. But if, if you try to then get it rezoned for, for housing, for example, and I vote no on that. That is not me not believing in property rights. I 100% believe on property rights. But why do you as a developer buy a piece of land knowing that it's already zoned for something that you're not looking to build? My suggestion to the developers is, and believing in property rights is, look for, look for a property or a piece of uh, land that is already zoned for housing, right? Or vice versa. Me voting to not rezone something is not not believing in property rights. It's simply adhering to the suggestions that maybe the county put in place. Because maybe, hey, we need a certain amount of wetlands or we need certain things to be in a certain way so we don't have the flooding like the city of Deltona currently has. So I, I just, I hope people understand that when a certain commissioner or a council member or a county person doesn't vote on specific zone changes it's not that they don't believe in property rights it's just that they're following uh the guidelines that were actually instilled in by by, by us elected officials to protect our actual city boundaries right so some of them yeah so um i've also served on a uh, the, the surprises keep coming. I have served on a planning commission on a downtown development authority. I roped my husband into serving onto the uh, zoning board of appeals in our prior community. So, uh, we have all kinds of experience on these things. And, uh, in general, I would think that when you talk about the general land use types of regulations, that, uh, that's actually the only thing uh, the only type of thing that our uh, land development codes at the local level in any state, but especially in Florida, are really supposed to be for. So that in the end, you don't end up with a strip club right next to an elementary school. You don't end up with an alcohol or a tobacco shop 
right next to a high school or a middle school. I mean, just some common sense type things, but you're also talking about having to balance the needs. And th this is something that people in Michigan, including myself, people in other states don't necessarily uh, realize, but there's a lot of specific um, nature needs, I guess, in terms of how development is done down here with the wetlands and just with needing to make sure we conserve, uh, you know, con conserve water, conserve a lot of things in a way uh, that's just so that we can keep sustaining living here. Um, it's just a different climate with different needs. So it's not so much, you know, the people screaming, oh, you know, the new Green Deal and all this other BS. It's just the the true hard logistics uh, to make sure we're just able to sustain what we have and not outright um, prohibitions on developments, but just trying to work in those, those realistic um, obstacles, I guess, basically. But in terms of using, yeah, I would agree that in general, if you buy property, uh, and it's zoned. So for example, I, you know, houses, several houses and offices ago before I met my husband and we're going on our 11th anniversary soon, uh, one month from today, actually. So it's been a long time. Um, but before I met him, I bought a, a house that was on a main road through Midland Township in Midland, Michigan. And uh, I, of course, I was an attorney. I was doing my due diligence. I was researching all the 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 deeds and the maps and the the zoning and the the future plans and everything that there could be and uh it essentially was um planned to be and and you know had at various times with with several of the maps it was supposed to be office and not just um a residence a house I mean, it was on a main road that connected communities um so at any rate um i confirmed that with the local officials uh, building officials and everything before uh, even purchasing the property. I purchased it. I started, you know, remodeling it and painting and, you know, new flooring and that kind of thing. Uh, get my office in there. Mind you, I was a single mom doing all that work by myself. Uh, so it's not like I had tons of people there helping me or crews of people or anything like that. I, I was on a shoestring budget doing it all myself. And they wait till I get all that work done and get my office furniture moved in and uh, my two employees I had at the time. And then the city tries to tell me or the township tries to tell me through their attorney that um, I, I couldn't have my business there at all. And if I did, then I'd have to go through all these ADA accommodations and totally gut my building because it's not wide enough for wheelchair access in different areas. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't match up with what you know what I confirmed with the city. Oh, well, you can't hold you know the city to what that building officials said, nope, you got to know that it was over in this obscure section of this footnote here. And it's, I mean, I ended up selling the property, luckily, because um, it, by the time everything all came out, um, my husband and I had met and gotten married. So I was going to be moving, but uh, I was gearing up for a big fight with them because that is the kind of thing that's robbing somebody of who's doing due diligence, robbing them of a viable use. That is a taking, that's eminent domain uh, by what it was meant in the constitution. Um, and, but what you're talking about is people that come knowing developers who know, well, this is zoned you know, as agriculture and we wanna put a whole development of houses in here. Um, sorry, our environment actually needs a healthy amount of the agriculture of the orange groves and, 
you know, all those other, you know, fruit trees, at least back when I was in middle school, I remember doing a report that Florida was the number one fruit producing state in the entire country back then. It was the number two vegetable producing state in the entire country. I have no idea how those statistics have changed in the last couple decades, but at least that's what it was when I was in middle school. So we're talking about an area that needs that so our air supply can keep going. I mean, obviously, the more trees and natural resources you have, the better oxygen and, and that kind of thing. I prefer to breathe here than in New York City, for example. But, um, you know, so those are, um, you know, you, you just can't, you know, buy an orange grove, for example, and then say, well, I know it's zoned to be agricultural, but uh, I just want to put a housing development or another shopping mall because, you know, Central Florida doesn't have enough of those. Uh, I want to put T-shirt shops, you know, in coffee shops here. Well, you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, sure, you could buy it and you could ask for that, but you can't be thinking that you're, you know, entitled to that kind of a change because that zoning purpose has a greater overall scheme. But when you're talking about zoning on a more minutia level, um, so for example, um, putting pavers down or, um, you know, sheds on your property for a real, you know, for a, a real property, a home, um, a homestead, uh, gee, people put those kinds of ground coverings all the time or they put privacy fences or whatever. So um, making sure that that's done in a way that's not interfering upon the rights of your neighbors is one thing. But when you have, as unfortunately I'm finding many of our local uh, governments, our municipalities have ordinances out there and I would bet Deltona does too, that say that the city could essentially turn down permits for aesthetic reasons. If somebody in the city has decided it's not beautiful enough for their particular, um, you know, preferences, then they can hit the reject button on that application for a permit, and then the person can't do X, Y, Z. I mean, what kind of world do we have? If that's not socialism or communism, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, so that those are the kind of differences that we're talking about here. We're talking about there are sometimes. Uh, in a more broad and, and quite frankly, more rare situation where those land development regulations are useful or perhaps even necessary, but the vast majority of what our local governments have turned that into throughout the decades uh, is what we need to unravel and unwind. The concept that you have to have permission to use your property in any way, shape, or form from the local government before you can do anything. I mean, those kinds of concepts are things that we need to undo, but at any rate, I knew what you meant, but I wanted to kind of clarify the, the different kinds of things that we're talking about there because um, I know that I've been talking to our, our viewers and our listeners um, about the the other side of it for quite a while and, and people understand that. So um, at any rate, I'm going to take a look real quick here to see if we have, especially if you're on a phone, you might not be able to see our comments. So I just want to see if we had any questions for you or or. Comments have been blowing up. I just want to make sure there's nothing specific for you that I don't don't want to miss. Um, let's see. Oh, let's see. Okay. I am. And we have people um, commenting. I'll just share this. I'm assuming uh, this comment from our Facebook friend. Um, 
was talking about the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. I'm assuming in the context of um, you know just general due process rights and perhaps that takings uh, clause um, or equal protection. All three of those are concepts that are super important in how we implement things like zoning or land development codes and things like that. So I'm, I'm sure that you're well aware of some of those major concepts in the Constitution, at least based on our conversations. Um, did I lose? Are you, do you have sound or did you just happen to mute? It's not showing me here. Oh, it is. Okay. It just says you're muted. I thought maybe we lost the connection sound wise, but um, well, I don't have any other specific questions. Uh, I know that we're all, uh, you know, you have some family stuff as well as city That's business right. and other things to attend to. And we have uh, quite a bit, um, even the viewers, I'm sure have families and other things that they got to get going to, uh, even though our episodes can last longer at times. But is there anything before, um, before you have to head out today that you wanted to leave our viewers and our listeners with? Um, any maybe specific tips about how they should and could be getting involved in their local governments? I think, I think the most important thing is um, make sure you study your constitution, right? <clears throat> make sure that um, you, you, you don't have to <clears throat> believe everything your own party tells you. Trust but verify. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and get very involved. Get very involved. I know it might seem very minutia, very minute, but, um, you know, try to figure out um, what is wrong in your city and then try to figure out how you can change it. Start that way. Um, and then little by little, you'll, you know, you'll progress to start doing other things like getting involved in state issues, which were, are just as important. But more importantly, talk to other people about the Constitution. People that you might not think will even agree with you. I, I can tell you that. Um, one of the meetings that I had this, this week with a resident was a self-declared social Democrat. He told me uh, for a second, I checked myself. I'm like, okay, I believe in this, this, okay. I, I'm clear. Right. <laughs> uh, but they told me, look, uh, you're the only conservative I've ever voted for in all my life. Um, I don't vote for Republicans. And, um, there's something about you when you explain things to people that makes, makes us feel very, very at ease. So um, I, uh, I gave him a pocket constitution as, as he left my office and uh, he gave me his word that he would be reading it. And I have a feeling that maybe not too long from now, you know, he's going to have a change of heart because as much as you want to be a social Democrat or a socialist or whatever you want, you come to find out very quickly that people that follow that line of work, like right away, their freedoms are start, they start getting revoked uh, unnecessarily. So, uh, get yourself a pocket constitution. I'm sure Catherine has many links that she can point you guys to. Um, if anybody wants to follow me, I'm on Facebook as the constitutional conservative. Um, I'm on Instagram the same way. Um, and, um, I'm, I'm here to answer questions. If anybody wants to, you know, send Catherine some questions and Catherine has my contact information because she can shoot them my way as well. So, yeah, and I don't know if I happened to mention to you if it was something I said before you joined, but uh, I have a Restore Freedom Constitution app on the Google Play and Apple app stores. And right now it just has the U.S. and Michigan constitutions. But hopefully by the end of 2022, 
uh, which means just over a month from now, I will actually have the Florida Constitution available on there as well. Um, and it's meant to be, hopefully when I'm all done with it, uh, something that people can can bookmark and highlight areas of the state or federal constitutions and be able to really digest that information and use it when they need to. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know about that. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. And again, uh, thank you to Liberty Cost for connecting us together. And I hope everybody has a blessed day. Yes, thank you. Have a great day. All right, guys. So uh, we enjoyed having him on. And give me a second here. I'm going to... Apologize to... Uh, do some improvements here and I have a secondary camera that I have up and running today and uh, was able to adjust the lighting and all blue but blue uh, for the last few months and I, I have been struggling with it and I finally found uh, some additional ways to try to tinker with it and make it better and zoom things in since this program doesn't really let me do that on my own but at any rate, uh, it wasn't until we had our guest on there that I realized it defaulted to the wrong camera. So I had been looking at our new camera. And in fact, uh, I should have been looking to the old one that makes me look blue. So I am still a Smurf today. But uh, hopefully by the time we get our Constitution segment recorded, uh, I will not be so blue or Smurf-like. But uh, anyway, I wanted to apologize because I was. It might throw you off if I've been looking in the wrong camera. I can't tell where I'm, where how it's looking to you when I do that. So, um, I think uh, we were able to answer. Um, okay, so we have um, somebody on Facebook who is a constitutional public educator. That sounds like my kind of person. I'm not sure sometimes with the names that people go by on social media, if they're people that I've actually met in person or not. And sometimes I'm surprised to know it's somebody that I know all very well, but uh, other times I'm thinking, ooh, this is probably somebody that I've met. And in reality, it's somebody that I have not ever met in person. So I'm not sure uh, who this person is or what exactly they all offer or do, but wanted to share what they had to say there. And uh, episode it went a little different in in some respects the conversation went a little different than what i was thinking it would but that's okay because when you have a great guest speaker like that that joins you want to let them uh run with it and be able to give people information that they want and that they need and uh that's what this is all about is to make sure we're educating you on the law on the constitution and how that we the people can and need to step up and take back our government so that we can restore our freedom. So with that being said, the true or false question of the day again, local government and communities have little impact on our nationwide fight for freedom. Uh, again, you can still have that opportunity to go and answer on Twitter, Telegram, LinkedIn, Truth Social, YouTube, or on our website at restorefreedomkh.com slash updates. And if you go to that page, you don't even need any kind of login or sign-in information. It's just a uh, sign-in-less one-question form that you click the 
uh, true or false answer, whichever it may be, and then hit the submit button and you're done. It doesn't pull your email address or any other identifying information. So uh, check out our website if you want to participate that way. Um, but the answer, of course, here is false. Uh, in this perspective, uh, I had written, although there are no states' rights or local government rights, things done at the community and local government level have a huge impact on our freedom. From land use regulations to criminal ordinances, local governments left unchecked can trample our freedoms far worse than our state and federal regulations. And um, I will be working and have already started working on some of those fights um, down here, but, um, and I was working on it from the inside out when I was up there in Michigan, but, uh, think about what he was saying that even, and he didn't know I was going to say this and he didn't know, I don't think he was on when we got to the true or false question of the day. Uh, so he had no idea that we were going to talk about this, but he was saying what happens at the local level or even the state level is far more important than than what's happening at the national level because if we have our crap together at a local level if everybody's at their town hall meetings if everybody's paying attention to school board meetings if everybody's going to their county commissioners or county council or whatever they're called in whatever state you're in if you're going and you're engaged and you're paying attention uh, and you're contacting the people that represent you in those positions, you're letting them know you have an eye on them and you're not afraid to get everybody and their grandma on board with you when they take a misstep and they violate the constitution. It doesn't take an attorney to hold somebody in check. It just takes average everyday people stepping up and getting involved. Uh, and that's why he talked about trusting but verifying. Just because somebody's in your own party doesn't mean you need to believe everything they have to say, even if it's party leadership. Uh, you could trust but verify. And he said it's super important to get involved there. Uh, you need to figure out what's wrong or what's missing in your own community. Just start local. If it's a township, a village, uh, a city, whatever the case may be, the things that are impacting you, things that are impacting you most directly or those that you care about, figure out what specifically is the problem and then start reading, reading the Constitution, reading the, the state constitution, the U.S. constitution, uh, starting with some Google searches, but don't trust and believe everything on the internet. Um, but find out uh, how you can change uh, what it is that is the problem in your local community. So uh, to get more information on what you can do and how you can do it, please make sure to check out our Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge that will be shared with you tomorrow morning uh, on all of our social media platforms, as well as our website, um, restorefreedomkh.com slash updates. Uh, we don't share those uh, kinds of posts and things on the podcasting platforms, uh, at least at this point, for the, the simple fact that they're not audio or even um, um, video. They are a post. It's a picture and some words. And so if you are someone who is listening to us on one of the podcasting platforms uh, later on today, uh, keep that in mind that you still want to have at least that backup where you can touch base and get some more of those resources. Like just head to our website, restorefreedomkh.com. If you don't like social media or anything like that, we put everything on our website. 
um, that Constitution segment recap that will be uh, going on Thursday morning. Uh, like I said, we'll probably have it go live at 7.30 in the morning, so you have plenty of time to catch that 10 minutes of very important recap information before having all those family activities starting, before the kids are all running around like crazy people and uh, you're ready to, uh, well, run away. Um, <laughs> and uh, Freedom Fighting Tools on Friday, you're going to be out getting tools right on Friday. You're going to be shopping in store or online for the best deals of the year if you're a true constitutional or excuse me, at least financial conservative like me. We have a rule in our family. If anything's broken uh, past March, maybe even as early as January, you got to wait till the next Black Friday. My husband says, I need a new pair of work pants. And I'm telling him, Ooh, sucks to be you. You got to sew that hole up and wait till Black Friday because it's way cheaper after years and years of searching. That is what we have consistently found. So whether it's a computer or some jeans or a toaster or anything like that, uh, that's our family rule. So if you are a financial conservative in the same respects and you're going to be out getting tools or the like on Friday, keep in mind that we will have freedom fighting tools available for you. Uh, at least two. I always have three. Uh, just because that is my favorite number, but um, those will be available in a post for you as well on Friday. Of course, we will have a video for our Restore Freedom goodie of the week. So when you're shopping around at Small Business Saturday, please keep in mind that we at Restore Freedom are a small business and we can't do this without you. Um, in fact, the goodies themselves, the actual tangible goodies that we sell, we actually sell to you right at cost. We make not a dime. In fact, when um, shipping uh, fluctuates and things like that, especially without any notice. Where I go in to ship something one day and it's $3. And the next time I go to mail it, it's cost me $6 and 47 cents uh, for the same thing. Uh, that often means that we've actually gone backwards and, and lost money on the sale of those items. But those items are either to help keep you informed, such as when we were selling all those pocket constitutions, uh, or at the very least, help you inform others about the kind of work that we're doing and the kind of resources we have out there. So those window decals and car magnets and things like that. Um, and of course, we will have the biblical insight on this topic of the week available and posted for you on Sunday. Uh, but we do invite you, of course, to join us next Tuesday at noon Eastern Standard Time for our next live episode of Restore Freedom Weekly, which will be live streamed to you just as it is today on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Rumble, D-Link, uh, Twitch, Twitter, and, and whatever one I'm forgetting. Uh, but we thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to take one last look to make sure that um oh let's see um i don't think i missed any questions or comments from any of you if i did i truly apologize hopefully we'll get them uh you know handled at least in the comments Lori's usually really good about filling in any gaps like that for me so thank you all to for joining me today um again i'm constitutional attorney katherine henry and this has been our 47th episode of restore freedom weekly coming live to you from ormond beach and uh sharing the constitutional importance of our great republic for our entire country uh, with that, I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful afternoon, and I want you all to know how very thankful I am that you all have supported, liked, shared, um, uh, retweeted, uh, donated, 
uh, commented, sent letters, uh, anything like that. Come up to me uh, during my public speaking events to introduce yourself, shake my hand, that kind of thing. Uh, don't hesitate to have me come and speak at an event that you are having. Please let us know if you would like to have me come and speak at an event on the Constitution or government or any kind of related concept. Um, but please know that I am entirely and truly grateful and thankful for all of you that make what I do and all this work that I have been focusing solely on for the last three years, my mission, I couldn't do all of this without you. And it's truly together that we can restore freedom. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day.